Welcome to the Pinocchio Project. I'm Mitch Friedman, and in my life and experience as a husband, a father, a church planter, and a university professor, I've discovered that everyday ideas about human flourishing have significant consequences. Here at the Pinocchio Project, our mission is to examine these everyday ideas and determine if they actually deliver on their promises. Welcome to the Pinocchio Project. Mitch Friedman here with another episode. Uh, today we are wrapping up the building of our biblical worldview framework. We've talked about the four categories of questions. Uh, basically, what does it mean to be human? What's wrong with this place? What can be done to fix it? And where are we going from here? Uh, last podcast, we discussed the where are we going from here that we still exist in? That's the restoration. So creation, fall, redemption, restoration. We talked about the fact that restoration begins as soon as we are redeemed. As soon as we say yes to Jesus Christ, we are now commissioned and empowered to be agents of restoration. And if you'll allow me to remind you of the four questions that every agent of restoration asks, It is, number one, what's good that I can celebrate, promote, protect, and resource? And then what's evil that I must resist and fight? Thirdly, what's broken and wounded that I can help remedy and heal? And then the fourth question for every agent of restoration still living here in the land of the already, what's missing that I can provide through initiative and innovation? So today we're moving from the already of the restoration to the not yet. And that's what a lot of uh, Christ followers are waiting for uh, whenever you say, oh, come Lord Jesus, or take me home, Lord, or come on heaven, or the final words of Revelation 22, Maranatha, which means come. Most of us at some point or another, maybe often, we consider what it means to finally be freed uh, from this place and go to that place. So as we discuss the not yet of our restoration, I might be able to dispel a little bit of, uh, I don't know if it's bad teaching or maybe just not thorough, consistent teaching about the not yet of our restoration. Uh, What I mean in simple terms is what does it mean to quote-unquote go to heaven and uh, have all things restored finally by God. Let me let me start by reading the very first statement in the biblical section that has to do with our coming future restoration. I find it in Revelation chapter 21. John says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. The reason I spoke those words, coming down out of heaven from God, so deliberately, is because I want you to know that from a biblical perspective, we are not going to go up to heaven to live somewhere forever. The final restoration is God bringing down the new heavens and the new earth, centered, headquartered in the new Jerusalem. So I saw the holy city back in verse 2, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. 
And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. I want to reach all the way back into Genesis chapter 3, where we recognize that before the fall, God was dwelling with, he was coming down and spending time with Ish and Eshaw, Adam and Eve in the garden. Uh, he He was communing with them before the rebellion and the alienation. And this is that dwelling now restored, uh, that, if you will, fellowship among God and his people. Look, God's dwelling dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. And now again, we reach back into Genesis 1 and 2 before the fall. Verse 4 of Revelation 21. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning, or crying, or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. And if you've been paying attention to our previous podcast, that old order was everything we see from Genesis chapter 3 through the end of Revelation chapter 20 as the consequences of the fall, the consequences of our rebellion, and the parallel track of God's plan for redemption and restoration ran side by side. But God now says the old order has passed away. And verse 5, he was seated on the throne, said, I am making everything new. And then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Uh, that, That really helps to remind me that in order to build and live by a biblical worldview, a biblical framework, I must trust that every word in his text is trustworthy and true. So this is the beginning of what I would call our understanding of the culmination, the the not yet of our restoration. We are still here, and so therefore we are awaiting uh, as agents of restoration the final restoration. And what I, what I want you to recognize again is that heaven is not some ethereal place that I go to and get wings or sit on a cloud and pluck a harp. Uh, it, it, it's it's not a place where there's this shapeless, uh, formless sort of floating through through eternity. Uh, I remember when I first became a believer way back in 1991, while the earth was still cooling, I think, geologically. And I was getting this, this input from fellow Christ followers about heaven being this place of sort of a solemn, sober, you know, organ music going all the time and not really any purpose, not having any responsibilities. And I'm thinking, man, I'm really grateful that Jesus brought me to faith. He's forgiven my sin. He's convicted me that I'm in desperate need of everything that he offers. I love Jesus. I'm not sure I'm too fired up about this shapeless, purposeless, floating thing with choir music all the time. And gratefully, as I studied the text for myself and committed to being taught to obey uh, and and being in the text and building my biblical worldview, I see that that's not an accurate picture. So maybe that excites you a little more uh, today than you have been for the the restoration of all things ultimately that that we wait for. Uh, So what I want to do now is I want to talk, as I've talked uh, previously, about the the benefits or the great consequences, uh, the reality of the not yet, as we see in the biblical text. Again, the ultimate restoration, 
uh, where God brings the new heavens and the new earth down and is headquartered in the new Jerusalem. We see that throughout Revelation 21 and 22. And if I can encourage you once again to be in your biblical text, feeding yourself, and particularly as we go through the podcast, focus on the text that we are uh, discussing. Uh, I want to encourage you to get into Revelation 21 and 22. And these are some things you'll find about this final restoration. Uh, First is that restored and redeemed image bearers are finally united in transparent intimacy with their creator. If you remember from the, the five verses that I read, God is now dwelling with us, but our sin kept him from dwelling with us. Christ bridged that gap, and now finally, in, in the ultimate restoration, we are finally united in transparent intimacy with God. Secondly, redeemed and restored image bearers are finally fully like Christ. Uh, you see this in pictures, a few snapshots throughout the New Testament. Uh, when when we, are, we are offered this, I would say it's the most beautiful carrot on a stick that, that causes me to persevere and continue to strain toward, toward obedience and, and strain toward devotion. Uh, we see this. We will know him. We will see him like he is. We will become like him. And again, as I've mentioned in previous podcasts, uh, the goal of our life here in the in the already of our redemption and restoration is to become conformed to the image of Christ through the renewing of our minds. But here in this final culmination, the restoration, the ultimate, we are finally fully like Christ. And then thirdly, and I find this exciting, I've been labeled as a type A personality, a high achiever. I'm not sure all that's true. I do a lot of stuff. I'm not sure what it's achieving, but I got lots of energy for lots of projects. Uh, well, well, in the in the new heavens and the new earth, in the heavenly city, uh, there will be responsibilities. That's that's our that's our third understanding of this final state that we engage as redeemed and restored image bearers with our great God and His Son. We will share kingdom responsibilities. You see that a bit in Revelation 21 and 22. You see that from Jesus as he talks about, uh, for example, in, in Matthew 25 with a parable of the talents. You, you see it in, in, in the Gospel of Luke. You see where he talks about a judgment of how we are engaged in restoring things now and, and living out a gospel life now so that we're given greater responsibility in the kingdom. So there are responsibilities that we will engage and share. And then fourthly, uh, redeemed and, re- and restored image bearers ultimately tend not the garden, but the new creation. And you see that sprinkled throughout both the Old and New Testaments as we're given snapshots of what it means to live in this ultimate restoration that God has promised now that he has finally judged all sin he has reckoned all accounts, and he has brought the new heavens and the new earth down so that we can live with him and he can live with us uh, forever. And isn't that encouraging? It should be inspiring. It should also be a bit concerning. Because in my already state of being an agent of restoration, I will be judged for the things I'm responsible for right now before I enter that ultimate restoration, not according to my salvation, that's secure in Christ, 
but according to what God has told me I am to do with the resources of my life, what I'm to focus on as priorities in my life. There are two passages, one in 1 Corinthians and one in 2 Corinthians, that speak to an evaluation for redeemed, restored image bearers uh, as God wraps all things up and we all enter this beautiful new reality that he's brought down from heaven. So as a preacher and a teacher, I've preached and I've taught thousands and thousands of times uh, on the biblical text and the imperatives that we've been given as Christ followers. And I've been trained as a teacher and a preacher, and I've taught teachers and preachers. And there, there's three elements of every argument that the listener interacts with as he or she is listening to either a message or a lesson or any set of propositions. So as you listen, as I listen to someone giving me a set of propositions about how life should work and what to expect, we run those propositions through this grid. First, do I believe it? Is it true? Secondly, especially when it's something convicting and it begins to get under my skin and point to things that are unsavory about my life, I move from is it true to, oh yeah, I understand, but I'm the exception. It might be true for everybody else, but not for me. And then the third filter of engagement with any proposition, any argument, and maybe particularly because it's spiritually grounded, a biblical argument, the third filter of engagement is, so what? Well, these two texts right here answer the so what question for the follower of Christ who is called to be an agent of restoration until the ultimate restoration. This, this, is, this is the review this is the inspection. Uh, this is what I would call the, the interview that is the so what of my responsibility as a redeemed agent of restoration in the here and now. Uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 through 15, he, he has uh, kind of taken the Corinthians uh, here to the woodshed earlier in chapter 3 and saying, man, I wish I could talk to you as adults, but really you're just babies. Aren't you babies because the wisdom that's available to you you're not accessing? The relationships you're supposed to be reconciling, you're actually causing more friction. Uh, you're following men instead of following God. And then Paul talks about what it means to properly orient your life as a redeemed, restored image bearer. Paul talks about his own ministry as he moves from really castigating the Corinthians uh, with, a <laughs> with a holy fire. He says, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care, so that each one is us. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If you're a follower of Christ, you've been given this foundation, and now it's up to you, it's up to me to build on it. That's, that's what I do with the focus of my life, the priorities of my life, building on this kingdom platform that I've been granted and that I will be held responsible for. Verse 12, if anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, those are the, those are the, the, the most precious things I have available to offer to Christ and build on this foundation he's given me, or wood, hay, or straw, these are the oh-by-the-ways, those are things that I don't really care about. Their work, my work, 
Your work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. This is a reference to the judgment of believers for the work they've done on the foundation of Christ. Their work will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. That's good news for those of us who strain toward using our gold, silver, and costly stones, the best of what we have to build on this foundation. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. So that's literally the choice we have as this inspection gets nearer and nearer. We have an opportunity to be rewarded by the one who has sacrificed everything for us and laid this foundation that can't be shaken. Or we may just kind of put our heads to the ground, put our faces down, shuffle at the dirt as our leftovers are being burned up on this unshakable foundation. And we will receive our salvation only as one escaping through the flames. As I was a young believer, a a hardcore Southern Baptist preacher said it like this, son, you want to go into heaven with your tail feathers on fire? I'm like, "Uh, that's a little strong, but I get your point. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't want to be that one with my tail feathers on fire. I want to be the one showing gratitude and priority for the foundation laid on my behalf because of the most intense sacrifice made by the one who didn't deserve any of my punishment, but took it on willingly for my salvation. Again, in 2 Corinthians 5, 6 through 10, we have that same scene. I'm not going to read it. I'm going to leave it for you. Uh, But in essence, just to read chapter 5, verse 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due for the things done while in the body whether good or bad. This is not a salvation question. This is what's known as the Bema Seat judgment. So the things done while in the body, whether good or bad, refer back to my living into the responsibilities I have as an agent of restoration in the already that I've been given on the foundation that's been laid for me. So we are done with the building of a biblical framework for worldview. We have built our lenses. We'll refer back to them often, but come a week from this Monday, which is May the 2nd, we will start talking about everyday ideas that promise human flourishing, run them through our biblical framework as we have our worldview lenses on, and we will vet them for reliability. So, Until then, have a great weekend. Worship at your house of worship. Serve the body. Serve the Lord. Serve the community as an agent of restoration. Mitch Friedman for the Pinocchio Project. Out. Thanks so much for listening. If this podcast has value for you, we have new episodes dropping each Monday and Friday. Please follow or subscribe, share, and give us a five-star review. And if you have an everyday idea you would like to submit for us to examine, just hit the links in the show notes below. And remember, ideas have consequences.